maybe just a little preachy. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that woke up to another non-woke day. When he was born, he was so ugly the doctor slapped his mother. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. We are so happy to have you joining us on this uh, this stellar day in Arizona. It's cloudy, so it's cool. It's uh, not unpleasant at all. And uh, I am just so darn happy to announce the the beginning of this episode, because I haven't even figured out what to talk about yet. What I know is that it will be derived in to some degree from the book upon which all of this is based, and that is Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022. It's got green numbers across the cover. It's available at barnesandnoble.com and at amazon.com. If you go to amazon.com to buy the book, you're going to have your choice of a hardcover book, which is suitable for gifting, a paperback book, which is suitable for actually studying the uh, ins and outs of Medicare. In fact, by the time you finish that book, You will have had an hour and a half of interesting reading, and you will then know more about Medicare than almost everybody in your social circle. Also, if you choose, you can buy the Kindle version or the ebook version. If you have a device that Amazon's product can be downloaded on, then by all means do that because that's going to cost you less than four bucks. All that Medicare knowledge. Such a deal, such a deal. And if you like the sound of the voice you're hearing right now, then by all means, get the uh, the uh, Audible version from that same Amazon sales page. I forget what it costs, maybe six bucks or something like that. But you won't even have to do any work. You won't have to move your eyeballs from side to side. You won't have to actually figure out what the words mean. You'll have somebody speaking them to you, and that somebody would be me. So in any event, If you get one of those books and actually peruse the contents or digest the contents, you're going to find yourself to be a Medicare expert just like me. But as luck would have it, I couldn't decide what to make this episode about. I was going to do uh, one thing, and then I think I decided to get rid of more of the stacks of paper that I've got on my uh, desk, and so I'm going to do the other thing, and that other thing is to continue on with items that have come to my attention recently, Uh, and then I'm going to use the subject uh, that I expected to use for our next episode, and that would be how to choose the best Medicare prescription drug plan for yourself. You can do it for yourself. You don't have to talk uh, to any Medicare expert like me or anybody else, you can do it yourself. So the next time around, I'm going to do that uh, as a demonstration. And all you have to do is listen along, maybe have your pencil or your crayons, your construction paper, take a few notes. And if you take prescription medication, you will be able to pick out your own best uh, drug plan. But let's continue with the odds and ends 
from my desk. I'm trying to clean my desk up a little bit. And uh, first thing that comes to mind that floats to the surface. Oh, <laughs> the first thing that floats to the surface is Randy. I forgot to say hello to Randy. Hello, Randy. How the heck hey, are you today? Doug, I, you know, I, I float to the surface quite a bit. Well, <laughs> there are things that float, <laughs> so, so, some better than others. So I've, I've got a couple quick things to cover here before you get started. Uh, I have a personal favor to ask of one or both of the Regina brothers. Okay, in the last podcast, I talked about my affinity and my love for vodka sauce that I that I grew to love when I was uh, working predominantly on the East Coast. And as you might imagine, growing up on a ranch in western Nebraska, there was not a lot of vodka sauce to be had. But I would just wonder if either one of Dominic or Giovanni, if you would write into Doug at DBJ at MLM Mailbag and tell him, was I on track with the vodka sauce or was I not? And I, uh, this conversation came up because I was reminiscing about the food that I had on cross-country rail when I was a little kid. I traveled with my grandparents, and they said, we're not flying. It's not perfected yet. Uh, we're going to take trains everywhere we go. And so as a, as a youngster, I rode the Santa Fe Super Chief back and forth from, from Chicago to either to L.A. or to Phoenix, and uh, the only thing about uh, the good thing about riding the trains was that I loved everything about rail travel but, and uh, meeting people. My grandparents were very, very sociable. And so I had uh, I sat on uh, Cecil B. DeMille's lap one time and I was ate dinner with Emma Jean Coca and there were a bunch of other people that I probably didn't even recognize as being well known. But uh, I learned bar tricks. And if I could had could remember, if I had known that I could make a living doing bar tricks and drink for free places, I would have remembered all those things. But by the time I was 13 or 14, I had forgotten how to do most of them. And uh, the other thing is the chow was fantastic on the uh, dining in the dining cars on these major railroads in New York Central and railroads like that. So I one time tried to duplicate those recipes i did a bunch of internet research and i found that those those chefs on those dining cars jealously guarded their recipes so all of this started um and it, it brought to mind and i forget where i'm going with this randy uh you mentioned the regina brothers and oh they're uh, in the um the uh vodka uh gravy was it vodka soup what Vod is it vodka sauce Vodka sauce, okay. Yeah, well, you put you can put it on just about any kind of pasta, but uh, that's the key element is the vodka sauce. And I mentioned that my mother spent some formative years in Boston. She was she was not too far from uh, uh, the uh, New Jersey home of the Regina brothers, and uh, she was trained to eat potato skins. I don't know why they would do that in Boston and nowhere else, but um, that that was my contribution to the conversation. So anyway, as I was going to do a few minutes ago, let's get back to the pile of, of uh, stuff that's cluttering my desk and see if I can't get rid, of, get rid of some more of it. We have a listener named Jules. He is also a valued client. And Jules uh, wrote me, <clears throat> and I just got this today. He said, I've looked through the prescription drug plans for his wife's uh, coverage, and it shows clear spring something premier he has a typo in there healy i know it's not healy but it's clear spring health premier maybe <clears throat> as the 
least expensive. However, they have only one and a half star rating. With that as a consideration, Cigna Saver RX with a three star rating seems better. Her current plan, WellCare Value Script, is third on the list at only a few dollars. Would it be prudent for her just to stay with WellCare this coming year? Signed, Jules. And I haven't really constructed an answer to him yet. I'm going to answer now, but I'll have to answer in writing also because this episode isn't likely to be published for a week or two. Anyway, <clears throat> Jules, uh, here's the deal. You've got to draw a graph. So get out a big piece of paper and and put squares on it, you know, or or you know, lines or whatever, so you can uh, you have horizontal axis and a vertical axis. And then what you want to do is plot your laziness against your cheapness so that you come up with a graph and this graph will tell you whether your laziness and your cheapness cheapness lines cross at a certain point that's the point at which you consider getting a new drug plan for your wife based on the savings and the quality of the plan and frankly i can't answer any of those questions for you so all i can do is offer to act as your agent when you decide because i have newly uh <clears throat> qualified with clear spring call it certified in the business i didn't want to uh, be a show off but i've certified with clear spring so if you wanted to do that but that point that star and a half rating is what's concerning you now and my thought there is that I don't have a lot of confidence in the star ratings. This goes back to something that you may have heard or you're going to hear on a prior episode of the podcast about the one Medicare Advantage plan that I don't hate. That is the Medicare Advantage or the uh, Medicare MSA plan. It's the Lasso Healthcare is the company and the plan is the Medicare MSA. And I think for a Medicare Advantage plan, that's a pretty darn good plan because it has all the freedoms that a Medicare supplement plan has. But it doesn't have many stars. I think it's got two stars. And so I wrote to them and I said, would you please tell me why you only have two stars? And the answer came back that the Medicare star system was devised for the Medicare Advantage plans that have traditional restrictions and uh, rules and regulations and so forth and so on, the Medicare star system does not play well with the one plan that offers freedom of choice and it offers a fantastic uh, benefit structure free of charge. It's got no premium whatsoever and it gives you money. If you're healthy and you never have to see a doctor or anything, you can pocket either $2,000 or $3,000 a year with that plan. How can that plan only have two stars? Well, they explain that the, many of the criteria that the star uh, system was uh, designed to measure don't apply to that particular Medicare Advantage plan, and they don't apply to drug plans very much either. So it's hard for a drug plan to get to be a five-star plan, and it's hard for a a Medicare MSA plan, the only one I know of, uh, to get to be, you know, even three stars. So that's the thing they're facing. So my short answer to Jules is I'm not sure that I put much faith in the star rating that a particular plan has. And if you would really like to save a few bucks and go with the clear spring plan, why not roll the dice? You can always change next year after your experience. And it may be frustrating. You may be 
cursing my name, but it might be that uh, you will have saved a few dollars and it's uh, it's been worth it. And who knows, they may even use you as the um, research. They do research by calling people and asking what their experience has been with a particular plan. So it might be that you'd be able to uh, give them such a good report that they have uh, earned another half a star and they would have at least two stars next year. I don't know. Uh, On the other hand, if you want to stay with your well care plan, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you want to go with Cigna Saver RX, I have not certified with Cigna uh, this year. <clears throat> and so you certainly would be on your own. I, if you needed the telephone number, I would find it for you. But I think since you know how to do this, this uh, drug plan comparison, you would be able to find that on your own. So I'm going to be answering Jules in writing later on. So he gets a quick answer. Somebody, and boy, I, I should know. I feel badly that I don't remember who sent me this. Um, but <laughs> it might've been, I, I don't know. It might've been Dominic. Uh, it's a headline. The headline is Tucson presentation. That's Tucson, Arizona. The presentation there focuses on human composting as an alternative to burials and cremations. And I brought this out because Randy has a real affinity for human body composting. He wants to do that someday, but he doesn't want to die. So, He's going to have to figure out a way to compost himself without actually uh, expiring. But I just uh, I thought I would address this again because this article by Carmen Duarte is uh, it goes into a lot of detail. Randy, see they've got see all these illustrations and, and holy uh, bananas! Yeah, they, there's they've a, got a like a process there. Absolutely, it's numbered steps to uh, this uh, recompose uh, company. Is well, a first uh, you have to die, I hope. Well, that's the first step. Yes, step number one, croak. Now, here's the thing. The article that I read before a couple of episodes ago uh, was <clears throat> written about a woman who I think owns this recompose outfit up in Washington State. And uh, she's going around the country apparently flogging this uh, process. Her name, her last name is Spade, which I thought was ironic because uh, she's named after the tool that one would use for a regular burial, a traditional burial. You Somebody has to use a well, spade. Well, you can use that for composting too. You can go turn over the compost, you know, the grandma's in to keep the heat down. Do you want to get that close to grandma after she's been no, composting I, for a while? No, I, I, well, of course, in the last episode where we were talking about this, I was talking about, you know, checking very carefully, you know, your landscaping company in terms of where they're getting their compost from. But that's okay. That's a whole different topic. It is kind of a different topic. But anyway, I did want to point out, and this is my traditionalist, uh, the traditionalist in me, uh, the the lover of feminine pulchritude. Uh, they actually have a picture of Katrina Spade, which my printer refused to print, Randy, so I cannot show her to you. Uh, you, if you look at her, she, all of a sudden you think she's going to be a normal looking, um, you know, moderately attractive woman with a big old smile. And then you realize as you, as your eyes focus on the bigger picture, she's got a flat top. She has her. Oh my God. Her hair sticks up about maybe uh, three or four inches from her skull. And then uh, it's all shaved off or. She must have got way too, way too close to the grinder, you know, that they were processing the uh, compost and 
Yeah, there's something going on there that I don't want to explore too closely. So I'm not really going to delve into this uh, article to the depth that she would want me to. But she's going around the country flogging this uh, concept of composting. And I think somewhere in here it tells how many clients they've had. It costs $5,500. And uh, I think she's had 40 clients. It's, um, But they've got 700. 40, only 40? Right, but 700 people are on the waiting list, and uh, that's <laughs> so okay. Let me ask you: Do you have to pay your 5,500 to get on the list, or do you wait until you need your 5,500? If I'm worth if of I'm service? Katrina Spade, if I'm Katrina Spade, I'm saying that you got to pay up front to reserve your right to compost yourself. Wow, I, don't know. I I think I could if I was really of the mood to do that. I could probably go crawl in the, you know, dig myself a hole and crawl in the garden for a lot less than $5,500. Let me go through the list of steps very quickly. Uh, First, step number one, the staff members place the body in a cradle surrounded by wood chips, alfalfa, and straw. The cradle is placed into a recompose vessel at its facility south of Seattle and covered with more plant material. Step number two, the body and the plant material remain in the vessel for 30 days. Microbes break everything down on the molecular level, resulting in the formation of a nutrient-dense soil. Non-organic material is screened out and recycled if possible. Would that be the worms? No, they'd be organic. What? Well, oh, no, your fillings in your teeth, maybe. Your fillings in your teeth and that kind of, you know, that kind of, you know the, the metal plate in your head, you go, given <laughs> the fact that... You know, I didn't think I told you about that. These are the people that are going to sign up for composting. There's going to be a high, high incidence of people with metal plates in their head, I'm telling you. (laughs) Absolutely. Step number three, each body creates one cubic yard of soil amendment. Soil amendment, not a cubic yard of soil, but a cubic yard of soil amendment, which is removed from the vessel and allowed to cure. Once completed, the soil can be used to enrich conservation land forests or gardens the soil can be returned to loved ones oh boy i told you grandma's gonna end up in the garden doug i don't i don't think i want her back you keep her put her in somebody (laughs) else's garden i'm telling you this is crazy and it's ironic that today is november 1st the birthday of my grandmother one of my two grandmothers so uh anyway i just wanted to share that little uh information about composting the (laughs) one cubic yard i don't think you know there are a lot of there are some farmers who would like to use the residue from um, municipal uh, sewage uh, treatment plants which winds up with what they call sludge Um, and i used to know because i had a summer job working at one of these places not not at the plant at a at a company called chicago bridge and iron that manufactured the equipment for the plants and they had the uh, repairmen uh, that would have to get in scuba uh, suits and go down and clear out uh, drains that were clogged and repair equipment. And uh, you would think that would be a pretty nasty job. So they flew these guys first class everywhere in the uh, United States and across the globe, wherever Chicago Bridge and Iron sold sewage treatment plant equipment. And they always said that the two worst things uh, and you know, cover your speaker if you don't want to hear unpleasantness. But the two things that really screwed up sewage treatment plants more than anything else were 
rubbers, which nowadays people call them condoms. I'm still calling them rubbers and fetuses. Those two items were uh, the bane of the sewage treatment plant's smooth operation. Uh, but anyway, so at the end of the treatment process, you wind up with this sludge, which could be sold to farmers for fertilizer. And there are some people out there espousing that, but there are others that say it's not allowed on fields in certain geographical areas because it has it contains heavy metals and other unpleasant things. Well, I would think a body would have some unpleasant things in it too that you wouldn't want to put on your garden. I'm not I'm not absolutely convinced, but obviously coming from uh, you know the Midwest, uh, we used to have um, you know obviously people with big cattle operations would you know collect up you know the refuse that you might imagine was there, and farmers would use it on their crops. And I don't remember ever getting any heavy metal out of a cow, but uh... <laughs> no, but this would be human waste. That turns oh, into sludge what? in a municipal uh, a sewage uh, recycling facility. So it gotcha. could could be used as uh, in a you know it make terrific uh, uh, fertilizer. But they say that it would not be good for uh, human food to be grown in. So I imagine you could use it if you're growing field corn or soybeans or yeah. Corn. I mean, we used, they used to use it back in the Midwest to fertilize just about anything that wasn't nailed down. Of course, we were using traditional sources for the manure right not, not the certain, human sources <laughs> not the human sources and uh, uh, as i said i don't think any of us ever died from it maybe that's why i'm nuts i don't know but anyway long story short is we are out of time doug oh i've got two more things let me get quickly add some uh content here uh okay. walgreens walgreens will stop judging its pharmacy staffers by how fast they work Apparently, they're allowing their pharmacy staffers to slow down. And uh, let's see, uh, the uh, the hurry up, rush, rush atmosphere at Walgreens was leading to dangerous mistakes and staff burnout. Uh, it's the country's second largest pharmacy chain. And it has said that we're going to uh, eliminate task-based metrics from its performance evaluations to allow pharmacy staffers to place ev- even greater focus on patient care. They will now be evaluated solely on behaviors that best support patient care and enhance the patient experience. So out of four pages, that's uh, the synopsis of this article about Walgreens uh, staffers not being forced to rush, 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 rush around. CDC director, the person who uh, insists that everybody in the world wear masks, maybe more than one mask forever for the rest of their lives, including children at school and two-year-olds on airplanes, the CDC director, presumably the best um, the best uh, recipient, the recipient of every vaccine and booster that there is, has tested positive for COVID-19. And this is Dr. Rochelle Walensky. And <laughs> so I say, what better person to get it than either she or Fauci, um, who has uh, tried to st- stop the free expression and the free exercise of human freedom uh, and, uh, you know, the uh, economy. Uh, They tried to wreck this country, and God bless the Americans for not putting up with it. The uptake of COVID boosters slows even among older Americans. I think that's because people are seeing that the boosters 
are not really doing the job that they were intended or the job that we were promised that they would do. And finally, finally, Medicare is um, uh, finding hospitals for high hospital readmission rates. Um, readmissions have dropped, but nearly 2,300 hospitals across the country are still being penalized. Now, you can look up your local hospital if you want to to see whether it's been penalized for high readmission rates. I assume a readmission is when somebody comes out of the hospital but isn't quite fixed and has to go back to the hospital again for the same thing, I would guess. So Kaiser Health News, if you search that for either October 31st or November 1st, the author is Jordan Rao, R-A-U, and uh, there's a whole long article about the fining of hospitals. It looks pretty boring, but if you want to check and see if your hospital is being fined for a high readmission rate, then that's the article to look for in the Kaiser Health News. So, okay, Randy, that's it. Well, that was a great episode, Doug. As always, I thoroughly enjoy all the information that you share because, you know, it's good stuff. I love it. And and plus, on top of it, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that loves all the information about, you know, like bizarre facts, you know, mm-hmm. where I can go sign up to be composted. And oh, Lord, really? knows, Lord, Lord knows it would be just south of Seattle. You know, you know be, that. You're going to be hearing plenty more about that, I'm sure. <laughs> so anyway, thank you all for joining us. We have... Uh, enjoyed spending all this time with you on medicare for the lazy man podcast and just to make sure that we haven't missed anything doug is looking forward to hearing from the regina brothers in terms of defining whether randy was right or wrong on vodka sauce and you can send that to dbj at mlmmailbag.com you can check out our website at medicareforthelazyman.com but most important of all Head on over to Amazon and buy yourself a few paperbacks. The 2022 version has green numbers. And Lord knows we're coming into the holidays and they make great gifts. We also have an audio version, a Kindle version. Don't forget to review us and give us five stars because it helps us a lot in the business. And also just wanted to point out that we thank you all for joining us. Couldn't have had fun without you. And Doug, as you know, was originally from Oklahoma, but now he's spending most of his time in the high mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona. At about today, I think he's at about 9,000 feet in his fortress of solitude looking over the country. It's still chilly up here. Bye-bye, everyone.